Before we start, I want to thank all of the Weird Libertarians patrons for being a part of the show. You can find out all of the benefits of subscribing on Patreon at joinwallplus.com. That's W-A-L-plus.com. You'll get bonus content, access to the complete archives. There's over a thousand shows that you can't get in the public feed, and you'll be supporting all of our great shows. Thank you especially to our $100 a month members, John Pusillo, Vincent Peichel, Lars Nordskog, Jake Dell, Matthew Durbin, Reinhold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle. We also want to thank our main sponsor for this episode. Uh, it is Iconic Insurance. 15% of Americans are left to find health insurance on their own. And even if you get health insurance from your employer that doesn't work for you, Matt Allen and Iconic Insurance can help you find the right insurance. Just head over right now and contact him at iconic-insurance.com slash libertarians. We'll put the link in the description if you can't remember that. But Matt is a longtime listener of this program and a great guy and a good friend of mine. So please go support him and reach out right now. Thank you. And now let's get started with our show. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show here on the We Are Libertarians Podcast Network, and we are so glad to have you here today. And uh, we are talking with the man who makes health insurance interesting. He's my friend Matt Allen. And full disclosure, he is a sponsor of this episode and of the entire network for uh, the last three months, and we're so glad to have him. He, um, Matt, you're a longtime We Are Libertarians listener, aren't you? Yes, sir. Absolutely. So, and uh, you came and we set up your podcast, What in the Health Insurance, which is uh, a great name. How, How in the Health Insurance. More. Sorry. Because yeah, What the Health was already taken. Bastards. So we had, we had to pivot. Yeah. Um, so, when did you start listening to the podcast? Oh, my goodness. Um, I think I had come across some of your Facebook posts, you know, those hilarious satirical ones and, the memes uh, yeah and it it led me to sort of the we are libertarians podcast so uh, man, maybe five six years ago probably right around the time i started doing health insurance or a little bit thereafter uh <laughs> i've got i've got your um partner business employee business part i don't know brett great guy but he's hooked on the memes now i can tell <laughs> he likes everything uh, well i think it's because I would just share the ones that you would post with him. And then he like found out, Hey, I'm just, you know, stealing them from you and passing them off to Brett. So he's, he's now just going straight to the source. Well, thank you so much for being a sponsor here on the show. We've had you on before you sponsored because, um, you know, Matt is, everybody has their thing. So I do podcast consulting and everybody has a thing that they're nerdy about. For me, I think it's podcasting, it's history. It used to be libertarianism. It's somewhat libertarian. It's my my nerdiness in libertarianism was just always being angry at politicians. Uh, but yours is health insurance. You understand health insurance really well. We sat down um you, me, my wife uh and what you put together was going to be half, I think, for her for for me i mean it was we work ended up going with a different plan and a different direction so we didn't end up actually going through with buying the the insurance through you but we were about to until they pulled the trigger and and changed plans and and got something that was a lot cheaper um but 
I think you present a mind shift, something that I had never thought, because sometimes when it comes to my career, Matt, I'm the type of person that says, well, this is just the way that it is. And I think health insurance is that way for a lot of people, right? Like they just go, well, I've got to keep this job because I've got to have health insurance. And you were the first person that ever came along to me and said, no, you don't have to. And it's probably cheaper if you don't. And there's other alternatives. Why do you think people just sort of like stick with the old model of health insurance instead of actually going out and exploring? Well, I mean, I think you know the answers. People don't like change. They don't like doing things that are different. It's scary. And especially uh, when someone comes along and tells them, hey, I got this brand new thing. Don't worry. It'll, it'll be just as good, if not better. And they're skeptical. Um, unfortunately, insurance has a really bad rap as being, you know, kind of sleazy or uh, dishonest or unethical. And I think that that stems from people trying to use it in the wrong ways. Um, I think it stems from people expecting too much out of insurance, where if you, if you can wrap your head around treating it just as an insurance product, um, you're you're not going to be disappointed and and it'll function better and it can be cheaper and it can work in a way that makes more sense than tr- the traditional ways. So it is kind of like you said, it's that mind shift of, you know, people almost have to unlearn things that they've, that they know about healthcare and health insurance to then relearn, Hey, it can actually work this way. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. Um, there are free market options and free market alternatives. And, you know, we've sort of crafted, you know, alternative strategies to that traditional model that you were talking about. So, you know, I, I really just say that it's it's because people are afraid of change and they, they probably believe that it's too good to be true. Yeah. I think I didn't even know, like, it's sort of like taxes, you know, the old joke of if you... The, the payroll taxes are put there so you never question it. But if you had to actually like take it out of your check and send them a check every month, you'd be mad. And health insurance is sort of like that through a job. You go, uh, I don't even know what I'm paying. I just, this is the amount of money that lands in my Chase account. And then, you know, in talking with you, I looked at my account and I went, wait a minute, I'm paying this much. Uh, and so it's sort of, not even a question. You just sort of sign up for the insurance your employer has. Uh, you know, my brother, my dad, and uh, a lot of other people are going into gig work. They're self-employed. They don't have the the benefit that I have of like having a, a group plan. Um, one of my fears of becoming a gig worker and leaving my day job is giving up the insurance, especially with some health challenges. Like, do you think that that's a valid reason to stay at a job? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I do. Um, it's a frustrating thing that that's why you would leave a job. But if you're currently undergoing treatment for something that's, you know, hasn't been figured out yet, or you have a pending test, or you've got or your wife's six months pregnant, or you're undergoing chemo, absolutely, I'd, I'd stay and, and ride out the storm with that. But um, what we're seeing is, especially throughout the pandemic, at least what I've noticed is a lot of my clients uh, determined that they liked staying at home, and they didn't want to go back to the corporate America. Um, but one of the big things and the, one of the big points of friction, just like you mentioned, Chris, was that they 
didn't want to lose their benefits. And so I sort of had to hold their hand and walk them safely across the river of quitting and, and tell them that, hey, health insurance, it's, it's going to be okay. We're going to be able to figure it out. There are options out there. And almost all of them, once, once that alternative strategy of getting health insurance was settled for them, they, that, that was the last thing they were able to leave their corporate job and, and go out into gig work. So, um, there are very certain situations where I think it would make sense to stay at a job. If you or a loved one who was on that insurance with you is currently undergoing something. Yeah. But you know, if, if nobody's actively pursuing some type of healthcare, I think it's absolutely worth a conversation to, at least look at the alternatives and see if it doesn't make more sense to go to a different job, to go do gig work. If it's going to make your quality of life better, we can figure out the health insurance board. All right. So I shouldn't stay just because of the hemorrhoid treatments. (laughs) Well, how many you got? (laughs) Well, I have a lot of pains in the asses, Matt. Not all of them are hemorrhoids. Um, Yeah, I think it's, it's... It's frustrating because Obamacare was supposed to be that solution. You know, the Affordable Care Act was supposed to be that solution. And you've been on the program before, uh, so we won't go too in-depth, but people can go back and listen to that episode, and I'll link it in the show notes. Um, Ten years on, how would you rate the Affordable Care Act and its ability to give great care to people who were kind of in the gaps, who were too – made too much – to uh, be too much to qualify for like a Medicaid plan or Medicare plan or didn't make enough to really afford the two or four or $500 a month. Um, how would you rate it 10 years on? So that's um, sort of a loaded question. I, I would rate it a passing grade, but uh, I don't want to go into if I had to give it a letter grade. Um, There are a lot of success stories and there are a lot of people who found health insurance because of the Affordable Care Act who otherwise previously could not. And I think that's a wonderful thing. I really do. But, you know, going back to your libertarian roots and just complaining about whatever the government does, I feel very similarly and surprisingly enough, the government getting involved in healthcare and health insurance did not make it better or more efficient what? or less expensive. Um, so I, I would give it a passing grade. I mean, it's still here. It's still the system that we have to operate in. And there are still people that I can get on those plans who previously couldn't get insurance or who wouldn't medically qualify for other plans or who can't afford other plans. I still think it's a very very useful tool. But as far as being able to provide high quality care for the people who are on it, I think there could be a few question marks on that because, you know, if you, if you critically think about what is insurance, insurance is a transfer of risk. So I'm not just talking health insurance, I'm talking auto, home, life, disability, everything. It's a transfer of risk. You, you take the risk personally, and you schlep it off on some company that has way more money than you and you pay them a premium for it. And that's that's the whole idea behind insurance. And, you know, it's it's completely and entirely based on being able to calculate risk. That's how they determine how much you pay. And so 
not to get too in the weeds, but there's three ways you calculate the risk. It's the likelihood of a claim. It's what they want to have covered. And it's how much do they want to have it covered for? Think about your auto insurance. They look at your driving record. They look at what kind of car you have. And then they ask you, do you want comprehensive? Do you want collision? Do you want uninsured motorists? You know, what do you want to have? And then they figure out the limits. You know, do you want a hundred thousand? Do you want state minimum? Do you want 300,000? It's all, that's how they factor your car insurance premium. That's how they factor your homeowners, your life, your disability. And it's how some free market health insurance still determines your premium. But what the affordable care act did, Chris, is it came in and it said, we're not going to determine the likelihood of a claim. Everybody gets it, which again, I think is good because I want those people who can't pass through a medical examination to have access to health insurance, but they eliminated that portion of risk. And now they don't ask you, what do you want to have covered? They just cover everything. Hmm. It's something called an essential benefits. So they're not determining the likelihood. They're covering everything. And guess what? They cover it for an unlimited amount of money. <laughs> so none of the risk is factored in. So health insurance has this weird carve out in our society and in consumers' minds where it doesn't operate anything like the three or four other types of insurance they have, that they understand how it works and they're fine paying. You know, you wouldn't use your auto insurance to get new wiper blades or to get an oil change or to get your tires rotated. You use it if you get you know hit by a truck or you wrap your car around a tree or something. That's That's for your auto insurance. So I think if we repositioned health insurance in people's minds as protecting you from the unknown that could sort of reset their expectations of what what you know how how to use health insurance properly did that was that coherent yeah no why why do we put doctor's visits on health insurance why do we you know i don't put the oil changes that's kind of been a standard longtime libertarian line I mean, do you know the history of why we put so much under the health insurance banner, like regular so, maintenance? So when the HMOs first came out, which is a, a type of network on a health insurance I plan, knew the answer was going to be Nixon in 1971. I knew it, but go ahead. This was actually a little bit later, but regardless, it, it, yes, right around there. And... Um, it was basically health maintenance. So, so if you if you think about okay, we can't deny anybody this coverage. We got to cover everything, and we got to cover it for an unlimited amount of money. Well, these private health insurance companies are still in it to make money. They still have shareholders and bills to pay and dividends and all that stuff. So, how are they going to make money? They're going to make money by limiting the amount that they reimburse to providers for specific services. And so, they had to find doctors who would accept these lower rates of reimbursements. Not every doctor wanted to take it. Not every hospital did. Um, and so these HMOs sort of started saying, hey, but we'll we'll cover your doctor visits. Hey, we'll cover your preventative 100%. Hey, we'll cover this. Hey, we'll cover that. And it got people to buy into this narrow network where I can only go to these providers. But guess what? If I go to these providers, my colonoscopy is free. Well, it's not free. It's actually baked into the price of your premium. But it felt free because at the time of service, you didn't have to pay anything. So it really is this network care that started adding in all of these things that health insurance really shouldn't be responsible for. 
um, in, in, in my opinion. Yeah. And you, so we are having issues conceiving. And so, you know, we've been going through this and I've thought a lot about you through this, not the conceiving part, but <laughs> the, um, the medical care part, um, We've been to a lot of doctors this year between her and me. Uh, you know, we, we we really don't know why she's had five miscarriages. And so she went to the IU network, the Indiana Health Network. 33,000 people are employed in it. It's the largest health care system in the state. I think number two is like 5,000, right? So it's, it's massive, right? And so she goes to finally uh like shoots the dart at the website and lands on a gynecologist and he has her run some tests she's seen this guy three times he's been perfectly nice but it's like she keeps asking for two or three things that she's read and researched online and he's like no 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 that's not a thing we, you don't need to worry about that right all right does the tests Nothing comes up. We can't figure it out. We don't know what's wrong. Let's go to the fertility doctor. So we go to the fertility doctor, and we sit down with her. She was more um, concerned that our three-year-old wasn't wearing a mask than she was with anything else. It was very, it was God's honest truth, the worst doctor's appointment I've ever been to. We sit across from this lady, and she takes 30 minutes to tell us that everything looks completely normal with my wife. No, the tests that she wants to run aren't important. It wouldn't be a factor in our issue. Okay, you don't have his tests back. We don't need to run any tests on him, but we know it's not him because you're getting pregnant, and it doesn't matter what his semen tests or blood tests say. It's not, not an issue. The science just hasn't caught up with why repeated miscarriages happen, so we're, we're sorry. We're just, we don't have any answers for you. So we're like, we literally look at this lady and we're like, All right, so we're just going to have miscarriages every six, six miscarriages a year for the next 10 years. Maybe, maybe you'll get pregnant on one of them, but it's not likely. Okay. Well, is there anything you can do to test? No, there's just nothing. The science doesn't say anything, Matt. It just, it's just not there. I'm so sorry. So we walk out and I'm like kind of thinking, okay, this is good news. Cause I heard her say we could get pregnant. My wife is like, you're an idiot and don't know anything about anything. That was the worst doctor's visit. We tell our friends who have been to other fertility clinics, and they're like, that is the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, and then we go to a private doctor, Magnificant, uh, which is not attached to any one of these networks, who is a private practice owned by this woman who we sat across from and said, it could be these 10 things with you. It could be these five things with you. You've done these 10 tests between the two of you. We'll look through those again, but we're going to run these 17 tests on each of you to figure out what it is. And we're going to get an answer. And it just to me was like the, you know, I'm on a medication and my brother-in-law worked at Eli Lilly's and he was in a specific department and he's like, you should not be on that drug. That is insane. Why are you on that drug? That doesn't make any sense. You should get a new doctor. Because the doctor that I've been to since I was 16, very nice man, he's got 10 minutes for you, right? It's just this entire system that is set up to... Uh, like that fertility doctor, the second we were interested in IVF, perfectly valid if you do IVF. I'm happy for you. It's not a choice that we want to make. But it was very clear that she no more money could be made from us. So have a have a nice day, Matt. 
Like I, th- I think that's the system that we've wound up in because of the impersonality of insurance and just charging all of this stuff and us consumers taking our eye off the ball. I mean, I, I feel for you in that, um, that situation for you and your wife. I mean, that's, that sounds incredibly nerve wracking. I'm, I'm glad you ended up where you did. I, I'm super uh, pissed off because Reagan and I are not the type of people who just say, oh, there's no answers. This is just terrible. I guess this is how we'll live our life. We go find somebody else. But I know there's some, you know, poor couple or dozens. And since I posted about it, somebody messaged me and said, I've heard that about them before. And I'm going to the higher ups in the hospital. So I'm going full Karen. I'm going full Karen on this because I don't want other people to have to feel the way that we felt, which was just completely hopeless for two weeks. You know, it's so I appreciate your feels. Um, we're 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 partially we're, we're very hopeful and uh, it's, you know, part of it. But, um, you know, the system, Matt, is, I guess, what I have to say. You know what, Chris, um, I completely echo your sentiments on the assistant part, the, the IU health part, you know, I, I don't, I hesitate to disparage any healthcare professionals. I want you to do that on my behalf. Um, and I'm, have- I, listen, she got great care from like four out of five. Right. And there's, it, it, I think we have to think about incentive structures and these systems. And I know for a fact, IU didn't want us to have that experience. So I'm not disparaging the system, but I think, you know, where we're at, waiting several months to get uh, 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 an appointment now, waiting several days for results, Wait, you know, it's, we're not in a better place a decade on than we were a decade ago, and it isn't getting better. COVID did not help. So I, I think yes, and I think no. So as far as things getting better, um, there are some free market solutions that are coming out and you know look you found that private doctor who you know may or may not take insurance but the reason that you had such a poor experience at first is it's it's becoming managed care and these big hospital systems they have a playbook that when you come in with these symptoms or these tests or these results this is what we do and this is how we do it and if doctors step outside of that to try to run additional tests or come up with additional ways or, or alternative solutions, um, they can get in trouble. They can get in a lot of trouble. Really? It's not, in the, it's not in the playbook. Yeah. What do you think HMO stands for? It's a health maintenance organization. Hmm. They're simply maintaining your health. There's a playbook. There's rules. There's certain things that are approved. There's certain things that are not. And so what I have seen work better. Um, and we have talked about this many times are these, you know, there are people who are doing different things. There are medical professionals, you know, there are cash pay surgical centers, there are cash pay, um, imaging centers, cash pay, blood work centers, there's cash pay doctors. Um, and, and these are real free market solutions where these medical professionals have been disillusioned by the system um, upon graduation. You know, they go into this system where you're right. They have 10 minutes. You know, based on their contracts, they're supposed to be seeing 30, 40 people a day. How much health care can they actually dispense when they're sitting at their computer, inputting symptoms, looking at your previous charts, and, and they're supposed to just write you a prescription and send you on your way? 
You know, there's no digging, there's no diagnostic work outside of what they're supposed to do. And so that's where the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, has kind of created more of these HMOs, and we're putting more people into that maintenance system, and it's creating these healthcare behemoths like IU Health, um, because IU Health takes all the ACA plans. And so it's it's sort of everybody's kind of in bed with everybody else, and, and, it's, and it's churning out results like you and Reagan had, and, and thankfully you found this other fertility clinic and and those are the types of free market solutions i think that we need to push towards and so for me personally you know i i am thankful enough that i don't make a an amount of money where i get a tax credit on the aca i'm above that threshold that's that's wonderful for me i i am also fortunate enough that my health doesn't disqualify me from any sort of medical underwriting so the aca for me doesn't make any sense so I go to private alternative health insurance, cost sharing plans, direct primary care physicians where I'm in charge of my health because I'm the consumer. I can choose where I go to get things done. I can choose the dollar amounts that are being charged. You know, you walk into IU Health and they won't tell you what something costs until they know what card you have in you, your pocket. You don't even pay your copay anymore. They send you a bill later. You don't even know. And could you imagine if you walked into a restaurant and they had eight different menus with different pricing and different, even different entrees that are available, and it was due to some arbitrary thing like, what kind of car do you drive? Oh, you've got a Dodge? Oh, here's the Dodge. <laughs> I, I'll, well, I'll be honest. I went to Hooters recently, and they don't print the prices on the menu anymore. And so I was like, this is sus. And she's like, it just changes too quickly now. We can't, we can't afford to print the menus, so you'll have to look it up online. But like that, that gave me an immediate suspicion of what are you people up to? What are you charging me? And the prices were reasonable, but you think you're getting charged more. But you go to the doctor, and I've been to the doctor probably ten times for various things over the last six months, and you, they just go, all right, have a nice day. They don't even take your credit, your copay anymore. Like it just, we're, we'll do it all later and then you get a bill, log into your chart and then you can pay there, um, which is crazy to me. Like there's no, no conversation about it. So when nobody's looking, Matt, then people are going to start taking advantage of that system. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's on the people again, the individuals to be more of a consumer. Um, so how, how do I do that? Tell me, give me some, some of these free market solutions. You just touched on a few. We talked about direct primary care physicians, but you know, it's open enrollment season. Can you talk about what that means and what are some options that people could look for? Like if they, if they're interested in saving money in this open enrollment season, what are you going to do when they contact you? So first off, we just we have a very simple intake form. It asks for about I think four pieces of personal information, um, but you know, like your zip code and your age. Nothing too deep. Um, we don't ever do any phone calls, but we look at the ACA first and foremost because it does cover pre-existing conditions, and a lot of people don't realize they qualify for a tax credit. Um, the Inflation Reduction Act um, has increased tax subsidies for the ACA and extended them through 2025. They were set to expire at the end of this year, but now they have extended it another three years. And so, you know, a family of four 
making over a hundred thousand dollars still gets a tax credit. Um, and, and so basically, you pay for the you pay for the ACA plan that's a little more expensive, but they're going to give you the money back on your taxes to help offset. So they actually cost. they they allow you to advance it throughout the year. So it's an advanced premium tax credit. So, and then they reconcile it at the end of the year when you file your taxes, if you were off on, on, on what you told them your income was going to be. So that's where the affordable part of the Affordable Care Act comes in. Now, there are certain people in certain situations like myself who are still above that threshold. There's going to be families who are still above that threshold. Um, and, and there's going to be people who want to avoid this health managed care type of system in the first place. So um, what I would recommend that they was look into cost sharing programs and I can help them look into that. But I'd also look into private health insurance programs. Um, there are still companies out there who offer health insurance plans by medically underwriting you, by asking you, what do you want to be covered for? By asking you, how much do you want to be covered for? They work the exact same way as your auto insurance, homeowners, life, disability. It works the same way. And that's why it works so well. They allow you to choose your own provider. They allow you to go wherever you want to go. Um, these plans are fantastic. So if you're coming up on this open enrollment period, which is between November 1st and January 15th this year, they extended it a, an entire month. Um, if you're looking at your ACA options or if you want me to help you look through those and they're just kind of unappealing, maybe they're too expensive, the deductibles are too high, your, you, your doctor doesn't accept it, nobody's in network, you can give me a call and we can look at these free market alternatives. Um, and as far as going and seeking care, um, I always tell people, if you need imaging, if you need lab work done, if it's some type of health care that is non-emergency, that you can plan, please feel free to reach out to me because there are places, you know, if you, if you go into the urgent care and it's not an emergency, but you're there just to seek care and they're asking you to do an MRI or whatever, stop, go to an imaging facility like affordable MRI, um, lab tests now, um, Northwest radiology. And I'm not affiliated with any of these companies, but they have, on their website, they have a list of prices. They will tell you how much that MRI is going to cost up front. Whereas you go to the place where you went for urgent care, it could be $3,000, it could be $500. You have no idea. You, you don't know what to expect. Same thing with blood work. Use LabCorp. Same thing if you need a, a small outpatient surgery. There's this place where we're so fortunate in the Indianapolis area. We have the second in the nation, second ever cash price surgical center. It's called Wellbridge Surgical. They're in Zionsville, Indiana. I am not affiliated with them whatsoever. I don't make any money off this, but they have a list of prices for different procedures right on their website. And that's just what it costs. You know, you need a tonsillectomy and you go to the hospital for it at IU Health Community, whatever. You have no idea what it's going to cost. How much am I deductible? What's my copay going to be? What's my co-insurance? Which card do I, you don't know. You look on their website, you see exactly what it's going to cost. And I can help you walk through your insurance plan, and then we can figure out what you're going to be liable for. So there are things that are developing in response to these huge healthcare behemoths, but you have to take it upon yourself or find a trusted advisor like me who knows these things and who can walk you through them. You've got to become an informed consumer about this healthcare. 
Um, same thing with prescriptions. I mean, my goodness, you see what Mark Cuban's done with cost plus drugs, GoodRx, WellRx. There's all these programs out there who are cutting the insurance middleman out, um, who's basically just grabbing money from you um, as as a go between between you and the pharmaceutical companies. Um, so there's 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 so many ways, and that's kind of a lot of the stuff we talk about on my podcast, How in the Health Insurance. Um, just to sort of get to the bottom of how do we use this? What do we do? I've had um, several of those people on my on my show, um, and those direct primary care providers that we talked about already. You know, a monthly membership to a doctor's office is a beautiful thing. There's no copays. There's there's none of that. You said you went to ten different doctors over six months. I think you should look back into the direct primary care. I'm actually thinking about it, yeah, because of the conversation I had today about that drug with uh, my sister. I'm like, you know, am I getting the best care? You know, at a time when, you know, I'm I'm 39. I'm not a spring chicken. Um, COVID really messed me up last year. We were setting up your podcast, and I'm like, sorry, man, it's going to be like two more weeks. I'm dying. Uh, (laughs) Um. So, you know, am I really getting the best care? And, you know, for the, the the answer has kind of consistently come up, no. When I go and see him, he's awesome. Like, he's great, knows my health history. But I don't know. I, I really, I the, the doctor that you see that was on your podcast, what was his name? Dr. Jacob DeWitt. Yeah. He comes, he pops into my brain every other week. I'm like, I got to reach out to that guy. I've reached out to Cool Creek. Um, I just need to, to actually go through with it. I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of at a, like, uh, 75 bucks a month. Do I have another expense? But I think you've made the point, like you either spend the money now or, or maybe it was a personal trainer. Like you either spend the money now or you spend the money later, but either way, you're going to spend the money on your health insurance, your health care. Um, if you don't take care of yourself, once you get older, like you don't, you don't have like the best thing I did was starting, start going to the doctor this year. Because as a man, I'm like, I don't, I don't like needles. I don't like doing all this junk. I hate doctors. Um, and I've been able to take care of a couple things that like, I really felt awful all the time. And now, you know, laying down my pride and actually like opening up that discussion and getting regular tests and just being an adult, I feel amazing. Like I have so much more energy now than I did this time last year. I'm not sick. I was literally sick from like had a cold from like July to December, um, you know, and including COVID three times. So I would highly recommend that people just like, if you don't know where to start, Matt is such a great guy. Even if he's never going to make a dime off of you, he literally just wants to help you. He's a part of our community. He's a part of the we are libertarians world. Um, and is just a great guy that's going to, you know, if you're in a different state, he can help you and he will help translate for you who might be a good provider for what. Um, so that's one reason that we always promote him here on the podcast as an advertiser. It's just a no brainer because I've worked with him and, and seen how he's, he came to our house, sat down for an hour, hour and a half, walked us through all this stuff, gave us quotes. Um, it, it didn't even give him any business and he was you know very happy to to do it just because you literally care about people and i i i love that about you is why i consider you a good friend and i'm so happy that you could come and talk to the audience today about about this stuff because people don't a lot of people don't take their health seriously and they really should because they'd feel a lot better if they did 
Yeah, it's unfortunately one of the issues with my job that I see a lot of people without insurance. And I I get a lot of calls, um, unfortunately, of people who they say, hey, I need insurance right now. And I'm like, well, that's not really how it works. Um, we, we can try and we always try our best. But, you know, it's, it's something that you need to have in place before something happens to really get the maximum benefit out of it. Um, which, you know, for a lot of people, they don't like paying for something that they don't think they're going to use. And, you know, I, I just try to bring it back home to, you know, you have homeowner's insurance, you have auto insurance. Do you hope to use that? Well, no, but you still need it. And, and it's, it's a necessary evil, especially when you see, you know, two thirds of every bankruptcy filed in America has medical debt included in it, two thirds. And, Somehow there's still 30 million Americans without health insurance, according to uh, 2020 Kaiser Family Foundation study. There is a program out there that exists that for everybody that you can qualify for. It's probably a lot cheaper than you think. It's probably a lot better than you think. Um, just let me show it to you. And, and, and don't go uncovered. Like, like you said, Chris, you finally started, you know, you manned up a little bit, you swallowed your pride a little bit and you, you got down to business of, of taking better care of yourself and better health. And I think that the more people who do that and the more people who take it seriously and also become a consumer while doing it, you know, a, a knowledgeable, informed consumer about healthcare, you know, health insurance doesn't have to suck. It It's boring. Absolutely. It's, it, it can be slimy if you're, if you're in the wrong product, but if you're in the right product and you know how to use it and you know what to expect from it, it really doesn't have to suck. It, it, it sucks if you have to do all the research on your own, but if you just call you, then it does, this doesn't suck. Well, then you don't, <laughs> you get, you give them the choices. You're not online. They're not Googling best health insurance plans and, and trying to compare all that stuff. Well, don't, don't do that. Yeah. If they ever ask for your phone number, don't don't put it in because you will give fifty calls a day for six months. Don't don't. Now, do if that. you hate somebody, put their phone number in. <laughs> uh, before God. before we go, I want to ask about small businesses because I know we're we're all feeling a crunch. Everybody's starting to tighten their belts a little bit. Inflation is rampant. What's happening out there with small businesses and uh, and premiums and how can you help? Um, so small businesses are feeling the, the tug for sure. Uh, and that same Kaiser family foundation, it's only about 50% of small businesses even offer health insurance to their employees anymore. So, and, and almost all of them are because of the cost. Uh, it's just very expensive to offer these plans. And what I've seen for a lot of small business owners is, um, they think the decision to offer something to their employees is binary. And what I mean by that is they either think I'm offering them the gold standard blue cross blue shield PPO. That's $800 a month per employee, or I'm offering them nothing and that there's no gray area in between. And so I would highly recommend for any small business who wants to start offering something to their employees to reach out because there's a lot of gray area in between. I've found that a lot of small businesses, you know, 20, 15, 10 employees, fewer. If you go in, you put all of those employees in the best situation for them individually on just the individual health insurance market, the cost is going to be greatly lower than if you were to go in 
and offer them that Blue Cross Blue Shield PPO wall-to-wall coverage for everybody. And the odds are all of your employees need different coverage anyway. I mean, we're a very diverse population. You probably have diverse employees and they, they need different coverage. They're different ages. They have different health history. They have different family sizes. Some are expecting, some are trying, you know, you, you have to, I, I think customizing it is, is just a really smart way to go. And so when we see these small business owners who do offer health insurance and they see 20% increases every year, some seeing 30% premium increases, and it's just such a, an ugly line item on their budget, you should do yourself and your employees a favor by just exploring alternative options to that Blue Cross Blue Shield PPO, because there's there's a lot of other things that you can do that are more cost effective and probably have better benefits than one of those plans. Um, you know, if 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 they're offering insurance, the small business owner has to pay at least half. But you know who has to pay the other half is the employee. And so when you're coming at, you know, your employees who make forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. And you're saying, hey, I got this great $800 a month plan. It's so great. I'm willing to pay half of it. A lot of these people can't afford to pay the other half, especially if they got to add on a spouse or children. And, you know, so so the small business owner is doing what they think is right and and what they want to do for their employees. They're like, hey, man, I'm offering you these benefits. I did my part. And if the employees doesn't take it, well, I did my part. And. And that's not really always going to be what's best for them. Yeah, um, We should find out what's best for them on the individual market. So those are just some things to keep in mind as these premiums just keep going up. Small business owners care about their employees. The number one thing I hear from them is we want to be able to attract talent and we want to be able to retain talent. And these people are looking for health insurance. Well, if you can't afford or if your employees can't afford that blue chip, blue cross, blue shield plan, Let's explore some alternative options because I I think, again, like I was saying about programs for everybody, it's probably a lot cheaper than you think. and It's probably a lot better than you think. All right, Matt Allen, shameless self-promotion time. (laughs) Didn't I just do it? Um, You know, shorten it up a little bit. (laughs) uh, So I've, I've been in individual health insurance, family health insurance and small business health insurance for seven years. I was captive to one company for five years and I just got tired of not being able to show everybody everything. And so two years ago, I founded Iconic Insurance, headquartered out of Carmel, Indiana, um, to help everybody in every situation. Um, So I'm an independent broker, contracted with every company that I think is worth anything. Um, And I can show you all the different options that you qualify for. We're in up to 16 states now. You can find it at our website, iconic-insurance.com. We offer Zoom calls. If you're local, I'll meet you in person. I have a brick and mortar office in Carmel. You can come sit down with me, have a cup of coffee, and we can go over your health insurance situation. Um, Like Chris said, there's no charge to talk to me, even if it takes an hour and a half and it turns out you're already in the best spot you should be in or you don't want to buy from me. It's always free. Um, We just we talk. We have a conversation. I, I think the more people that can be put in the right product in the right situation, 
the better off we all will be in this country because it'll it'll put a, a relaxed burden on our healthcare system if people understand how they should be using their health insurance and how they should be using healthcare. So, um, was that shameless enough? Uh, I've seen more shameless. I've had Abdul on the show. All right, Matt Allen of Iconic Insurance. He even cut a special video. If you go to iconic-insurance.com slash libertarians, uh, then you can mm-hmm. see a special message from Matt to all of you. Uh, and thank you so much for being an advertiser on the show and supporting us. Um, we're so glad to support you, and we're, we're really happy that you're a partner with us. And we just would ask our uh, – this is the really shameless part. We just ask that all of our listeners go and support Matt Allen – Go to iconic-insurance.com slash libertarians. Check out the website. You know, even if even if you feel secure in your insurance, go give them a web hit. Maybe you'll get curious. You'll see that video. Your brain will start thinking. And make sure you reach out to him. I think you can hear he's a very approachable guy. Brett is also great. Uh, they're, they're, they're a great team to work with. And thank you so much for supporting We Are Libertarians. Absolutely. One last thing. Uh, Brett, speaking of Brett, he just uploaded a bunch of educational videos that we shot all free, uh, not beyond a paywall or anything. So even if you're just somewhat curious, like what's going on, there's a lot of free information on there about how to navigate the health insurance system. Sweet. All right. Matt Allen of Iconic Insurance, thank you for being my guest. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thank you, listener. We really do appreciate you being here, and we do appreciate your time. And if you got something out of this, then please share it with your friends and family. If you know somebody who's struggling with health insurance costs, then pass this on to them and say, hey, this guy can help them out. All right. Thank you for listening, and we will see you again soon. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.